Hey there, everybody. Welcome. This is Dr. T, Pastor T, whatever you call me, Tavo DRC. You know, there's so many emphasis in ministry and Christian ministry leadership on titles, and everybody respects titles or should, or maybe they should watch out who says they're a title, but I'm just doing it to banter it about. And I respect people and authority. I was raised under healthy authority, healthier than most now these days. But I'm going to give the word of the Lord as a submitted sila, and this is the apostolic uh foundational ministry of crossbody unity a move of god for the christian ministers and leaders and lay as they hear from the lord no members you're not under me i'm not over you all this stuff it's like you partake of the witness of god's spirit and then you resemble the fruit of christ before he got into showbiz before he got out in public <laughs> and was um, all the all the things went on under his name that we see now perverted so you can go back, our recommendation, our recipe, and what we'll keep on saying over at crossbodyunity.com. We're still working on it. It's just starting out. We're trying to see who and what. And I'm asking myself, you know, just nobody's perfect. Nobody's organic like Jesus. Nobody has 250%, even 100% true doctrine. But we're trying to all do our best before the Lord. Let him give us grace and good health. All right. So when we look at Christ, who is the real Christ these days? I'm talking to the Christian ministry, people who've got the gift, people who've got the call, and the males and the females in the body of Christ in ministry. Everybody else is welcome. Everybody else can listen and, you know what I mean, send it around, but issues for them. So we walk down the bottom line of who and, you know, why we're here and say we want to know Jesus. Well, first of all, we want to know who he really was and who he's not and who they say he is, who mama told us about, who the Bible, thought, you know, all the things that go on till now. One thing is Jesus Christ went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. And the Lord was with him, Acts 10:38. So we read that Jesus went about, he was into relationship, Christian, non-Christian. He lived in Jerusalem and around all the different areas of Israel where they had all kinds and colors. And I dare, did they ever have a Caucasian? I don't know if they were invented yet. But anyway, he is Africans and Middle East and Gentiles and Jews, Arabs and Jews and all kinds of races. So we want to go there too today and start to market that, start to promote that healthier concept of quiet Jesus servant leader going about doing good Acts 10:38. So it says he went out doing good, but he didn't just go I'm going to go out and do good. No. He was led by the spirit. The secret key with Messiah Christ was his relationship, his private relationship with his father in prayer over time in the garden. And he would check in every day a first love real relationship not just i'm going to go have ministry i'm going to do perform a good deed no he was led i think it was john 5 it said jesus is quoted as saying i don't do anything unless i first see the father say it do it i mean i don't do anything unless i first see the father do it in my spirit that means how by God will show him a little inner picture, an impression, a vision that's quiet of what God is telling him, revealing him openly to do, and then when to go, what time, how to do it, how not to do it, and so forth. Divine appointment ministry. That's us. Trying to be. 
not perfect. Trying to be more cross-cultural, more interracial, and we, you know, we're still new up here. And we are online. We have a lot of people online. Um, so Jesus Christ went about doing good, led by the Spirit. So in John 5, we can work on that. Jesus said, I don't do anything, and I don't say anything, unless I first enter here, inner perceiver here, not by oral words or anything, audio, but inner perceiver, get an impression or hear from God that that's what God wants me to say. Maybe it's on the spot. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's in advance. Maybe it's a message. All right, so that's how we're trying to let everybody do it. It's much more cozy. It's much more cozy being sent. You're not drumming up business or trying to be this professional top streak. You know, God wants to do his way. People have personalities, though, and God's different styles and revelations, so we do what God says. So we're trying to just give an option for systems now because, you know, the culture is not going to church. They're falling away from the church and of believing in Jesus, all colors. And there's mocking going on, and that's gotten worse and worse. And I think a lot of it is triggered by false teaching or false misrepresentation of the Messiah. All right, so Acts 10.38. And we'll be teaching on that a lot. Acts 10.38, Jesus Christ, the Middle Eastern respectful Messiah, non-biased, respected his mother. Okay. He went about doing good as the Lord led him. And he went about healing. Now there's inner healing, there's outer healing, there's affirmation, whatever your heart is from God based on Bible. And there is the book of Acts healing, but we're not putting you, because this is cross-body unity. We can go to, in that direction, but we're letting people know that, hey, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be know everything and do anything. Just be the real deal. Book of Acts, study it and all that. So Jesus went about healing. Do you realize that you can touch somebody and if the Lord leads you, he healed the blind, the paralytics, all this stuff. But he also respected people. He had emotional empathy and compassion. When Jesus found out his friends Lazarus and had died, he didn't go quickly. And when he arrived at the Lord's leading, he was led by the Spirit, a test on him of his faith. Why shouldn't I go over there? But he waited because the Spirit, his father said, don't go. So he went over there, and there they were. The women were crying, and they were weeping. Now, Jesus is the Messiah, the, you know, God's son. He knows it's going to be okay that, that a, the, excuse me, uh, Lazarus is going to raise from the dead, but Jesus is a model, a role model of males and of people in ministry, God's people in ministry. He didn't put them down. He wasn't short-tempered. Oh, you foolish women. Don't you know I'm here to save the... It wasn't like that. The shortest book of the Bible, my father, the pastor, would always quote it from his pulpit. So I remember it. I think it's John 11:35. Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because he had a heart for people, heart of love. He he didn't want to see them suffer and, you know, get all ruined and everything by all that grief. So anyway, back to Acts. Acts 10.38, Jesus went about doing good healing, whether it's affirmation. You know, there are modicums of healing. A merry heart does as good as a medicine. Hey, Jesus had joy. So whatever you feel on that, you know, it's a lot to learn in all directions. Uh, Jesus Christ went about doing healing, affirming, lifting up, not beating down all who are oppressed by the devil. That's a big one. Jesus was not a religious, wearying, Torah-thumping gossip who beat people down, 
who wore him out and said, you better do this, because he wasn't under the law. He was not oppressive, a slave owner. He went into his own prophetic prowess or his own gifting or his own power. That is the Saul spirit. That's the accuser spirit, okay? So Jesus went about, as our model, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, and the Lord was with him. His father was watching how he acted and how he went about and how he, if he followed his directions for that day, and he was with him. The anointing came because of that. If you, When you worship under the Lord and you please and you're pure-hearted and you do what he says, you gain God's favor, maybe not a person's, maybe not the human person's favor, but God's favor. And he may just fall out. You know, the big power of God come for miracles. You don't know. All right, so that's a bottom line. So the basics of Christ's following is who is he? So I would advise knowing how Jesus acted and reacted in every book of the Bible when they say he was alive in ministry with his mama, with males, females, with sinners and saints and Romans and centurions and little kids, all the people. So here's our basic, how do you start knowing who the Christ is with all the hype all the speed bumps, all the things going on that are true and not true and media, all right, hearsay. So we go back and we read, takes time now, get your Bible out, and it's going to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John when Jesus Christ was roaming the earth before his suffering on the cross and his death and resurrection. See how Jesus, read how Jesus acted and reacted in every situation, and you will know he is not under the law. You will know he's not a backstabber. You will know he's not proud. He's not a racist or a biased or a bigot or a misogynist. Jesus did all things well, but he did well for his father, not to gain, not out of ego. He did things for his father. His heart was pure. See, this is it. The sifting, the real sifting, the difference between a person who has a religious spirit, a religious spirit, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make money at it, or I'm going to do it and earn brownie points so I can be in my crown in the sky, all that. Got to watch it. Got it. So the, the opposite is Christ. Now, in the modern day, we're pointing out that because we've had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of money making going on and collect, you know, a lot of things on TV and it fostered worse. Not saying it's the TV, it's worse out here, you know, when people take it and don't have the same caliber or whatever, character. And nobody's perfect, I'm not either, but we learned. All right, we learned and endured. And so we want to say, let's go back on that and find out who the organic Christ is. What is organic without any human synthetic additive? So that's why you got to read Jesus for yourself. Go online, get your app, get your real book out and read it when you can. All right. Then we go about and we think of Jesus in different, different formats, different Messiah presentations, little capsules of at times he was suffering, at times he was victorious, at times he laughed, Hebrews 1.9. At times he did this, at times we pictured him like that. And God used that because we all go through different scenes like that. Now, I'd like to point out, because we've had a lot of big shot, a lot of King Solomon teaching, you know, Jesus, you know, King Solomon. And, and you got to realize that a lot of things are frustrating now because it's now a lot of it has gotten dysfunction showbiz and they don't even want people except their type it's gotten that bad at the when you're a visitor i was sent as a visitor 
to find this out. So now it's a new day. As you all know, it's a new day, a brand new day. We don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. It's going to be good, too. But there, it's not a big shot here. It's not to be a big shot. This is the off-scouring of the world apostle Galatians 1, 1, and 2, who officially is submitted to all in Ephesians 5, 21, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord, which was the first church way of submitting, not authoritarian. Because we looked it up, written on it. I asked chat GPT AI, was that true that even Jesus, Paul, disciples, first families, the fellowships, the ministry, and wedded people, Christians, were they all mutually submitted in the fear of the Lord? That was the teaching. That models Ephesians 4, walking it out in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the bonds of peace together in a community, everybody everybody leaders and like so it wasn't till after the roman influences and the greek hellenistic influences of the carnal world got in that the authoritarians came upon the scene in the churches and they've never left <laughs> and the totalitarians so we've got to deal with that right now because miss t pastor t sister t has walked through this personally and, and notice what's going on for the last change, the challenges of the last decades. You know, so we are pro people. You know, a lot of people. You just didn't know it. I didn't know it. You know, nobody knew it all. I don't. Jesus loves you. He is. And here's another part. When you get to this part where where there's some big deals out there, big dismal dysfunction. Paul's warning of the last days, Second Timothy, from such turn away fellowships, even of Second Timothy two. Uh, three, one, and five—the characteristics of that which we have—and and the First Timothy six, five materialistic standards from such turn away. We know that, you know. So we are talking up, but we're trying to give hope. I s- shared with a friend. I said, um, and I've said this lately. I thought, I don't care what anybody looks like that they've done. They don't want, you know, how bad it looks they are or they're so, you know. If they're still alive, my opinion is there's hope until it's too late. You're off the earth. So we've got to do it now. So here's our role model, our hero role model of not often taught pictures, capsules of Christ. One, let's first talk about the sin consciousness. And I'm talking to me too because we all, everybody sins. Everybody's a failure. Everybody does this. Well, we get back with God and get on the ball road again. All right, Isaiah 118. It says... Father God said, and Isaiah the prophet reported the word of the Lord, it said, Though your sins be as scarlet, he will wash you white as snow. So it's never too, you know, in my opinion, it's never too late. Some will already have made their choice, reprobate. But I would say go for it anyway. It doesn't hurt. Maybe they're not, you know. So the portrait of Christ, I would go back, especially for the offices of apostle and prophet, the true ones, is the following missing teaching, and that is the portrait of teaching with character to the people you train. I would go back to Isaiah 11, 2, and 3. I would go back to Isaiah 61, the purpose of everybody. You can read that for yourself, all of this stuff. And then Isaiah 53. These things are big, out of proportion, and need to be humbled and fed into the teaching of the mixture all right mixture <laughs> all right organically speaking 
So when I look at the portrayal of, let's say, Christian ministry that's had a flare of showbiz effects with it, and out in the ranks, they all want to be the next famous. Let's put it that way. That's the offshoot. Nobody knew it, but now you can correct it. So let's talk about the office of the prophet in the light of Jesus Christ relating, going about doing good, healing, and not oppressing anybody. All right, we can find the portrait of Isaiah 11, 2, and 3 in the model of the Christ who is not a Presbyterian, and he wasn't a Catholic, and he wasn't a Charismatic, and he wasn't white. He was not a wasp. He was sent and foretold in the Jewish faith as one of them, coming Messiah. And he was sent in Hebrew earth suit, and he was sent in the Middle East, and there were no other Christians. He didn't probably, you know, didn't think about that. He just wanted to represent and be sent because he loved all people, Christians and not Jews and Gentiles, Arabs and Muslims and anybody that would come along, all of us, and Gentiles and white people and brown people. All right. So Isaiah 11, 2 and 3 is a hero role model also in light of the book of Acts that came in the New Testament when people have taken the book of Acts because I've, you know, through the years I've noticed it and made it divining, reading people, occult, witchcraft and they've made it beating people you better, you're not, you know you better be slain in the spirit you better speak in tongue, you know, all that big, all the carnality or the falseness of that misrepresent, not organic to the first church like we said, there's no big boss or authoritarians till the Romans came in and the Greeks or whatever went on there. But we're all prone to, you know, goof up here and there. So Isaiah 11, 2 and 3 says that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come. The Messiah would come in with God's, all of God's seven eternal, flickering, even wonder-working, mysterious spirits that combine to make the eternal creator. All right. And you can read them for yourself. I may omit one or two because of, you know, but um, they are, he would come, it says about the description of the Messiah with the power of might, of the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of power and might, God's power and might, fear of the Lord, which is a spirit, a humble spirit, fear of the Lord, counsel and understanding, wisdom and all that. Read it for yourself in case I goofed up, right? So Isaiah 11, 2 is that. So we picture the book of Acts without Charismatica, without speaking in tongues, as God was sent, ready to heal, ready to move in the Spirit, should Father God tell him or the people not have weak faith, you know, unbelief. Because he did say at times, I couldn't do any mighty works among them because of their lack of faith. And that's happened. I've seen that with my, you know, this ministry, really. So Christ came to do good, not evil, not to have warfare, not to have witchcraft, not to make everyone under his bidding enslave them and, you know, buy it. He didn't do that. He didn't set up an autocratic, totalitarian, you better Alberta you. He didn't do that. Make slaves, have the, you know, crusade. He didn't do that all stuff, right? So Jesus Christ, we go back to see, for your, you know, see him with new, fresh vision. He came about to do good, but we got to see what he was like in character persona. Besides reading when he was alive, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So he came with the book of Acts inside him without flamboyance, laying on of hands, uh, all the stuff we now equate with that, praying in spirit, glossolalia, my dad's seminary term. 
so um, back in the day so we see that we could still go if we don't want that if we've been scared off by charismatics or people in Pentecost black, white, or brown because many have done that by mistake or seen poor character or scared of losing control that's the biggest one he's like, I don't want to look like I don't want to I'm scared they're going to he's going to knock me down take me over well don't worry about it just start at Isaiah 11 2 and 3 I say Lord I want this is how I do it Lord I want more power I want more might your Holy Spirit might dynamite I want it I need it I need more fear of the Lord I need more you know understanding just go to him I need more ability of your counsel and go like that on those terms and he will teach you privately your homeschool tutor he can then get fellowship don't quit fellowshipping getting more teaching of course practicing it you got to practice it if you want it right so Jesus Christ went about doing good but he also was filled with the Father's Spirit he was in fallible but his people all of the rest of us are not we are fallible and Paul represents that to me Paul said don't follow me says Apostle Paul who wrote two thirds of the Bible he said follow me only as I follow Christ and then um, even in Micah the Old Testament it said do not put your in Micah 7 5 do not put your confidence in your neighbor do not put your confidence in a guide only put your confidence and not even the one who lies beside you in the bed only put your confidence in the Lord so we do that Paul also says with all the teaching and dogma going on in show business and business ministry you know pressure to conform we take it privately by ourselves to really be a noble Brian that would make Paul proud. Paul commended, let's go after this. Paul said, pick apart his doctrine or anybody's doctrine. He told, he commended the Jews who were noble, who were Berean Jews. They read Paul, they listened to his teaching and respected him because they were eager to hear, you know, from the Lord, is it true? But they made sure it lined up with the Torah, with the scriptures of the day. And we need to do it with the Old Testament and the New Testament now. So we want to go and qualify what we're hearing, even this teaching. Paul said, Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for the Lord is at hand. That means it's that, must be that big a deal for the eternal day, not to miss it, with fear and trembling, holy fear of the Lord. So we say with all my teaching, anyone else's, we request that you hear it for yourself. It's submitted as Selah. Pause and think of it, but then you hear God and get more teaching and let God speak to you how to interpret it in the same with myself. I do that. So it's about God's goodness. So in the New Testament, he comes with goodness. The Messiah comes for goodness. It's what people did later. One of my pet stories is, I want to get to finish this, but I always think, because where I lived before here was so racist and so biased and so whatever, ambitious. It was just not good as a Christian. That was the Christian impression of Christian ministry. So I came up here, but I started to think of, well, I had heard it before, but I always heard this said of the Indian pacifist, famous Indian, India Indian, Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi had a movement. All these people. He was well-known and famous, well-beloved. It's said that Mahatma Gandhi is quoted as, I might have become a Christian. 
had I not met so many of Jesus' followers, and I think of that all the time. And the reason that he, one of the reasons he was quoted is why he didn't want to know, he wouldn't accept Christ, is because they turned him away when he tried to go to church because his skin was too brown. We live in the day, you know, that was the day then, that's the day now, because this is spirit. It is, you know, the spirit. All right, let's go back to Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. If I don't get to Isaiah 53, that's the portrait of the suffering servant. Jesus also came with a towel in the New Testament to wipe the other disciples' feet. Where is this? Where is he? (laughs) And then Isaiah 61 is to have the good news and take on our sorrows and sufferings for us. Isaiah 61. You can read that if I don't get to it. So the organic Christ, without, you know, as we can best do, nobody will ever have the organic Christ. No leader, no black or white or brown person, no soul will ever get true doctrine. Only Jesus had doctrine. We'll do our best. <laughs> um, that's why I submit Selah's too. The um, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, office prophet, apostle, pastor, teacher, minister, friend, Christian. All right. Here was Jesus, and he was filled with the God's seven spirits. And it says, he delighted himself, Isaiah eleven three, and he delighted himself in the fear of the Lord and made him sharp of discernment, the difference between good and evil, understanding and foolishness, playtime and real ministry, okay? So we're looking at that for all of us. And we need to study that and ask for more help in this. So the fear of the Lord, the holy fear of the Lord, helped Jesus be quicker in understanding and sharper. His gift was affected by his humility, his respect, you know, for his father and the office he had. And then the other people, you know, he labored out in the vineyard. So it said, Jesus delighted himself in the fear of the Lord, and he would not judge. This is it. He had a holy terror, you know, for everybody else. He had a holy reverential respect for the fear of the Lord and humans. And it says in Isaiah eleven three, this Messiah, not a Pentecostal, but coming to bring Pentecost. All right. He came. And he would not judge by the sight of his eyes nor make decisions based on what he heard. He would not, as a Christian leader, minister, father of the movement, he would, and founder, he would not accuse or judge by the sight of his eyes. When we see the difference between Old Testament and New, I can tell you that in my life in the last 20 years with all this dysfunction growing and burgeoning now in the certain parts of the church, Okay, I think of, I'll do it another day, let's have a men's mantle for both males and female, humans ministry, and I think of prior to Genesis 3 when the garden came because of poor choices and there was no accuser, the accuser came at the garden, and long story short, it started in 12, Revelation 12, and the verse about when Jesus died, why he came, to overcome him it says in the last days the churches would be given back this is long and sorry but so interesting and involved if you look at Genesis 3 it started really in Revelation a picture of what went on before Genesis 3 is Revelation 12 
Revelation 12 is when there's warfare in heaven, the worship leader fine arts movement up in heaven was led by <laughs> Lucifer, later Beelzebub. And he was turned, you know, I'm just as good as God. I can outshine him. You know, he got competitive and he got all proud. And he started to mutiny, you know, gather people to himself, separatists of God in rebellion. God kicked him out and the angels. And he went down to church. I went down to church. <laughs> I hope not. He went down to Genesis 3 in the garden. And he was so, in my opinion, he was so revengeful, so angry and dysfunctional toward God for kicking him out of his place that he thought, I'm going to wreck his garden. I'm going to ruin his game plan for eternity, you know, everything on earth being perfect and organic and healthy and shalom. Shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken, and all the relationships with God. I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to throw a crink in it and ruin it forever and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he did. He came to the garden, and uh, it had been prior to Genesis 3, a relationship honeymoon. In every area, they were in fellowship with God, each other, and Adam and Eve, chain of command, no big boss, no control, no sheep herding, no all this stuff going on, shepherding movement, all this stuff. No, Not even need for the Torah, not even need for the Ten Commandments, because it was self-government. That's my secret. It was personal self-control with relationship, fear of the Lord, and respect with God. And that's what we're trying to get. Jesus can give it back in part right now. The fruit of the Spirit. Long teaching, but another day. So we want to say, wow, all these cool things about relationships and why Jesus comes. So he came to overcome him. So the accusation started, you know, Satan comes down in Genesis 3 is revengeful and attacks God's plan and he goes to Eve to get her and he says, you know, God didn't want you to be like him. That's why he didn't want you to eat that tree. She falls for it. So then she goes off to run and say, oh honey, come try this big fruit. The fruit of this tree God said us not to go to. The fruit of good knowledge of good and evil. Come taste it. Well, Adam, if you read Genesis 1 and 2, he was formed before Eve in chain of command and out of respect for his father he should have said no Eve put that down as head of home head of garden but he didn't so he willfully partook he was not he was not um, he was not deceived in it what happened was once he ate it he started to model his choice the accuser he hid he started getting manipulative like the deceiver he started to lie by pretending he was innocent to God. All these things that the manipulator Satan does. All right. So God comes on the scene like a great dad. And great dad says, Adam, where are you? Because he knew what went on. Like a father knows, you know, or a parent knows. I love this for guys, especially Christian ministers and men, because many have had bad fathers. I did not. Or people who've had poor parenting. So when we see that God's huge, giant, eternal plan for all the planets, everything, the rest of all civilization, to be calm and beautiful, and here comes the evildoer Satan to come in and you know, wreck the plan. And Adam did it you know, by his choices. So God could have said, you rascal, you... And beat him down and lectured and reviled him. But instead, Adam is a, 
Father God is a great parent. Adam wasn't the greatest son, but Father God's the greatest parent. He says, Adam, where are you? Instead of Adam, where are you? So he's giving that lead a space for Adam to fess up, man up, and human up, and say, here's what happened, Lord. Would you forgive us? It happened on my watch, but he didn't. That's what went on and kicked it in. So the next thing is, when God talks to them, Adam Adam acute, he turns to model who he chose to act like, to follow. He didn't follow God. He followed the devil, the accuser, so he starts to accuse the woman, and it's never stopped since. It's gotten, you know, so we're going to, and I know that stirs it up, but I am on purpose. I can talk about it back and forth. We're, we're for the head of home mail. We're for the head of the ministry, whomever. Chain and command, Ephesians 5.21, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord if you're married and you're taught well and they're not going to beat you down. You know, you've got to know about this before you get into that part. Then we say, hey, yeah, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord, 521, for both married couple. And then 522 makes it not so difficult unless they got some weird people involved. you got to train them. Last, I'm going to skip because Isaiah 61 is such a great verse to question your own ministry. Are you really doing Did you know you got that call to do that? Read Isaiah 61, the role model of real Christian organic ministry before it got corrupted, playtime, prophetic prowess. We're gifted and read you, you know, and won't speak to you now. We're the hyper elite, which is out there. And then last of all, because we've dealt with a lot of the words part in the last 20, 15 years with showbiz people, especially certain kinds that remain nameless and speak in tongues and look for Jezebels all the time for the visitor. All right. You go back and read Isaiah 53, the portrait of the suffering servant. The word is... The word is respecter of person, spirit. It, if you have a caste system, let's say, if you typecast people, oh my gosh. We're looking for, the, if you're going to be in cross-body unit, if you represent, you say you represent, you're part of, by, you're doing it by osmosis, you're not doing a membership, there's no club here, nobody's over you. This is a fruit that will give you ability to say, identify with that, you know, if you, if you need it. James 3.17, we're all working on it. This is not work, we're all working on it working on it to say I want to resemble the wisdom from on high behind the scenes in front of the scenes to train it I want to get so people will get along and be transformed in the Ephesians 4 community that makes a difference in society that's the bottom line All right. we don't want to resemble the accuser <laughs> that's enough of that we want to assess evaluate confront if we're concerned because people are all you know different but we don't want to be the accuser or God will judge us. You know, we don't want to be there because Jesus did not judge by the sight of his eyes. He didn't, you know, all that. So we go and we look at the form of the last day's future church. This is it. could be the last church. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it isn't. I'm not saying it isn't. But the future church, we want to model the community harmony that brings people, makes Jesus' name a fresh, sweet-smelling savor again. <laughs> again. So we've got to do it his way. Our way is to say, what is the, you know, who are we off stage? Who are we behind the scenes when somebody's mad at us and we're frustrated? 
And I'm talking to me. I have to do that too. I watch myself. So James 3.17 is the criteria, one of the criteria for saying you, you know, if you feel like you're part of it, if you don't have a, see, this is it. We know the grassroots. They're looking to see who you're under. Where you go to church? Are you a member? Because they're legalistic. We're saying, hey, we know the turf. We want you to fellowship. We're not going to knock you down if you don't go because we've been to the, got the, you have the Pauline escape clauses now. It's the last days if you have, if you're a true, you know, really need them, not playtime or immature. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, 1 Timothy 6, 5 are your outs until you find or start what? Because we don't want you just, you know, not be, but we're here if you say you need that you're, you are that, but you're not under me. You can't say that. So Galatians, excuse me, this is Galatians 1, 1 and 2, not sent out by any one group or any one movement. You know, this is a movement, not sent out by any one person, any one group, I and the Lord that are with me. So there's no control. We're, we're all servant leaders and collaborating. Let's get back to the uh, other part that I was about to say. James 3.17 is the criteria, which is respect. Equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human, no matter what their color, their beliefs, their lifestyles. It's equal opportunity. What their nation, it's all respect. They're humans. And we do that. You don't trust anybody. You don't condone everybody. And they don't trust you. And they don't trust and condone me. But we're getting along for the sake of, you know, Messiah. James 3.17 is the wonderful book about the tongue in, that James, the half-brother of Christ, the pastor of Jerusalem, wrote. And it said he describes the wisdom from on high. Now, before it, he talks about the carnal wisdom of the flesh. But we're talking on how can I keep with God's help and mercy and strength by grace and doing my best. To role model and resemble, not the accuser, not the liar, not the deceiver, not the mother in Christ who knows more, <laughs> but the person of God that is like Jesus that represented. This was Jesus. This is an organic picture. If you read around Jesus, another picture who would be like this. He represented the wisdom from above, which is pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. He did he respected all all kinds, styles, styles, weights, types, energies, vibes, low key, high key, he respected them. He didn't always trust them. He didn't always endorse them. He wanted to emanate the love of the Father and let them choose who they're gonna serve right now. So they're shades and nuances we're going to hit upon we need to and I don't want to say this is condoning or fault you know we're just trying to think everyone hear God clearly about what it is we need to know through this so I don't endorse everybody and I don't endorse any I'm not I've picked good things many good things from the major teaching through the last all my life made my own choices you know heard God for myself as a Christian so I prefer the Christ follower that's fine title Christ follower but I'm out here in real you know the ministry where it's pretty pretty tough I didn't know that so you gotta have your you have to have your drill sergeant once in a while because of the dysfunction so that's why I will brandish the A word 
oh, this is Apostle Tavo, because I know it stirs them up. But at the same time, it is an apostle. You know, you're fashioned into one. You just didn't join up and sign on to be one. No, God called you and you revealed it, sifted you and shipwrecked you a thousand times. All right. But it is, when I say the words, it's like Paul said his word about when he said he's I'm Paul, an apostle, Galatians 1, 1 and 2. You read it. He said, I am Paul, an apostle, lowercase lay, A, meaning servant leader, not big shot. That's how I mean it. Later, Paul says, I'm just an off-scouring of the world. And that's all this is. We're the off-scouring. That's all I want to be. That's all that God needs out of this. To be a off-scouring of the world, the dung of the world, to the Christian celebrity ministry. <laughs> I think that's really it. I don't mind. I'm pretty happy. It's easy going here. Um, the idea is that we do know there are many people who are not out for, that are not humble. We're working on being humble ourselves, but we all got to work on that. And even though we say many things, we look like, this has not been easy. It has not been easy. You know why? It's the disrespect from the offices that are in the wannabe, that breed wannabes. <laughs> And yet we forgive them, we love them. But the idea is if, you know, as the Lord called me at age 24 in 1976 to study the body, that one day and know the doctrines of the different movements, black, white, and brown, tongue-talking or not, and then one day I'd build bridges of community understanding between them. That's this. So now we can tell a difference in those years of the way uh, Christian ministry is represented and misrepresented by going back to read what is who is Christ to begin with and we're trying to bring that out again. That is all. Servant leadership. So when I was, I got the call, but I didn't know it would be like this. And I didn't have any clue that my special field of call would be to know the knowledge, the intricate knowledge of prophetic Christian ministry and charismatics. <laughs> so we are uh, pro the humans, not pro all the doctrines. And they may not be pro mine, but one of the things is... You can find that there is a turf guarding. The turf guarding totalitarian spirit was the, it is the worst thing I've ever encountered with which, you know, reading me that occult with totalitarian ministry has been, and turf guarding, really turf guarding, our turf, no more. Everyone following train, don't go anywhere else. You're a church hopper. You're evil, if you know, the evil eye, better watch out there and submit. The unsubmitted, te- the submitted teaching has been my discovery. I had no clue. Therefore, I have to, as a noble breed, I had to study. Am I wrong? Is it me or them? It's dysfunction. So we're teaching on it in a polite form. And we're not naming their names. We're not going to get there. We're not going to go there and hurt them. We don't want to hurt people. We're just trying to do it well. So we respect the people. We're not offending. They all say, oh, they're offended. We don't need to listen. I know them. No, we're fed up. Jesus turned over the temple money changers, all in, talking in today with pop psychology ministry like these are, the you know, charismatic pop psychology. All I would say today, if Jesus walked in and tossed over the temple money changers in this guy, they'd all say, oh, he's wounded. He's got baggage. Let's send him to the fix of fast healing class. Oh, he's a fan. Oh, he's jealous of us. Oh, he's going to hurt his mother's reputation. We've been there. We've seen that. That's dysfunction. So we're going back to the pulled out, not a charismatic, 
was one because I enjoyed it. You know, I learned from it. I was there a lot, but we had our Edmond ministry anyway, but I officially pulled out, technically pulled out in 2012 in DFW Dallas because of this. A lot of it. And then it even got worse because <laughs> I, I love the Holy Spirit and I wasn't raised around macho minister. I wasn't raised around macho minister, big shot, you know, Levitical patriarchism and matriarchism. But that's been my discovery, so hey, might as well as the leader of the movement, God has given me this movement, the founder of the ministry, all these things I do, get to do for him. In Revelation 2, Church of Thyroform, I just confront the big Jezebel, the witch-watching spirit. The Bible says to the head leader, pastor, parent, business owner, ministry, apostle, male or female, black, white, or brown, hey, why do you tolerate that controlling, fierce, dominating personality that teaches false doctrine? And I say, hey, I'm not moved by it. I'm going to teach it. I'll confront it because I'm not going to be controlled. If you have people, when you have people literally praying and getting you, targeting you to pray you out, what does that sound like? Does that sound like Christ doing about? He confront me. They didn't confront. They've never talked to me. But they do this. And see, on the journey, the point of saying all this weird stuff, you know, bad stuff, I don't hold, you know, you just have to grow. You have to learn, and then I know the doctrine to teach on it and warn them. But the idea is that God had told me on this journey of the last decades, if I let you run into something that hurts people or hurts my good name, that's false, it hurts people, three times or more the same thing, more than three times or three times or more different places, that is my sign to you. I see a lot of it. And I want you to teach on it. That's why I do it. If I get diagnosed, I know it because by now I'm I'm free. I'm free of it. But I'm a prophet, you know. And I'll I'll think, oh my gosh, I feel it in my spirit. I'm gonna look over there. Oh, they're doing it again. They never laugh. They never have. They have no mirth. <laughs> so we're here and we're pro the people. We are pro God's people. But we're getting to the end times. We got to get rid of this control. We got to get. Right now, with what's going on in the horrible things in this world, don't make it so hard on people to go to your fellowship like you're doing. That's what I found. That's what got me stirred. Is I couldn't, but I was was undergoing great pressure, grief, loss, stress. Every time I needed to go, and the dysfunction is there, they read me as evil, you know, evil Jezebel witch stuff. They're soaked in that anathema, the Kool Aid, the anathema of Christ. So, of course, I think, well, I've seen it a, how many times? 50 times at least in the lane. And I, in the last decades or so, I have. Just trying to find churches, you know, when I was need, a new person in Dallas and stuff. And I thought, okay, therefore the grace of God uh, go I. They must have been mentored under that Levitical patriarchy, which is shepherding movement, added to the witch watchers of the occult from the Salem witch trials that use spectral evidence. Oh, listen, they have caused me to be growing in teaching. That's all right. So we are we are at fault. I'm at fault. I'm at fault for not being bolder sooner. I just didn't know this. I just didn't know how to do it. And I was under attack. I was under, you know, I was recuperating a lot from domestic violence and one of the things that caused me to be strong or get ready for Dallas with that, 
now I know. And then after, you know, whatever's in the national coming that lies ahead for this person and this Christian movement, I had to be, I had to know about it. I had to know about it firsthand, what's going on to address it, to commend the good that they do, and to correct and reprove, admonish and warn the bad. And, and to let these people know, plain and simple, LP, this is a movement. You are not over this movement, and you are to be careful that you do not fail to discern the body of correctly. And evil, I mean, which watch me, pray against me, and target me, or anybody else, anybody who's not LP. And I mean it. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tavo DRC, serving Lord. Never a dull moment. God bless you. Bye-bye.